0: the podcast under the stairs hi everyone and welcome to episode number four of the podcast under the stairs i'm one of your hosts duncan mcleish and i'm joined as always by the grave robbing graham humphrey how are you doing sir
1: i'm good Uh, that's just a straight up lie because i wasn't actually on the last episode so i'm not with you as always so stop just lying to all our listeners uh, well, no,
0: no. Um, and and the grand scheme of things, on the episode numbers, you are on every single one of them. That was a bonus episode.
1: Alright, alright then. Uh, fair point, fair
0: point. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, uh, we've just recently started doing some bonus episodes. They'll be coming out about once a month, and what will happen on the bonus episodes is we might get some guests in, or we might just do it amongst ourselves, but we'll pick a sub-genre of horror, And we will talk about films which are either underappreciated or overappreciated within the genre. and none that are
1: appreciated just
0: right. (laughs) None that are right in the middle. (laughs) It's always going to be one way or the other. And then hopefully what will happen is uh, we'll talk about them and put forward our case as to why we think it's overappreciated or underappreciated. And then you guys can go away, check them out, come back to our Facebook page and let us know what you think. Um, We recorded our first one. And it went up on Sunday. It was myself and the fabulous Jamie Jenkins. Um, and on that episode, we discussed slashers and uh, we discussed ones which we feel are underappreciated. So I chose uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which oh, I, I think is an absolutely fantastic film. Mm. And Jamie chose Tourist Trap from 1979, which is a film. Oh, yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't ever seen it, but I have seen it since then, and she was right. I think it's fucking brilliant. It's cheesy and creepy as fuck, though. Um,
1: but no. <laughs> I've not, not seen it, but I know all of it.
0: Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. It's fully oh, right. okay, I, cool. Like most of these films are now, you can stream them fully Aye. on YouTube. So, Aye. for all the listeners out there, if you jump onto YouTube and type in it, Tourist Trap 1979, you can watch the whole thing on there. But, moving on, how are you doing?
1: Good. Uh, it's been, been a busy couple of weeks, but um, kind of winding down, I'm going to find myself back up in Glasgow at the weekend as well.
0: You yeah, are indeed, I'm I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, catch up with you. Aye. Which will be Aye. the first time since, I don't know, you came up to do one of the Rock and Reels podcasts, and I think my, that was the last time I saw you face to
1: face. Aye, that was January. Was it? Aye.
0: Alright, well I've seen you since then, I saw you, I saw you in Brighton. Which that was is.
1: in, well that was last year, was it
0: not? No, 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 that was uh, between, I think it was uh, beginning of March, was the Brighton tattoo convention, so.
1: Oh, right, the the, the, the podcast uh, might have been like in April or something like that then. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was, but I, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter, right? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> who's listening to this is just thinking, yeah guys, I don't care when the fuck that, that podcast was, shut up. <laughs> uh, But yeah. So I'm going to be back up in Glasgow. um, uh, And that's this week coming. Uh, Work's been pretty mad recently, but uh, I have had a chance to go to the cinema at last. Holy shit. Um, I know. What the fuck? Uh, I saw Insidious. Oh, right. um, And I saw About Time as well. Now, about times actually pretty funny. All right, I'm not familiar with that one. I think it's the new Richard Curtis film. Oh fuck yes! Sorry, I am. I am. It's it's cheesy as fuck. It's like corny. It's you know predictable. Uh, uh, but it's nice and like it's well directed and it's well acted and everything. And you know it's like if you want something to go in and like you know. Nail you to the back of the theatre, it's not that type of movie, but you know what? Grab your boyfriend, grab your girlfriend, whatever it is, go and see it. It's a good time, except you because Corey and fucking hate it.
0: <laughs> I don't think I'll, I i do not think it's not the sort of film I tend to go and see at the cinema, if I'm, no,
1: if me I'm, if I'm being me honest. Either, man. Um, but nah, it was it was alright, but uh, what us see Insidious as well. And uh, I just can't believe how much it's just the first film, again.
0: <laughs> I thought, no, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm going to slightly disagree with you there. I just think that what, the, what it is, is the third act of the first film,
1: for the whole film. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's, no, I, I see where you're coming from, but like, I, I don't think that's the case, because, like, I mean, you've got, like, obviously it starts off... Anyone who's going to see it is probably have seen it well, I've seen it by now, but I will still try and avoid spoilers as much as possible. But, um, you know, it starts off obviously with that bit when he's a kid, yes, and then it goes up to like the just after the end of the first movie, and then you've got all the kind of weird shit happening in the house, and then it gets to about halfway through the movie, and they start going into like the mad other reality and everything it's just the exact fucking same like it's not bad i liked the first movie to an extent and this movie was just the same so i liked this movie to an extent as well but they just could have done so much more with it i think
0: my 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 biggest gripe with it now now i had arguably i had more fun this time than i did when i watched the first one um, mm-hmm. The first one, I genuinely thought the first half of that film was creepy. Right. I really, really I felt I was uncomfortable when I watched it. Um, the second, well, sorry, the third third act um, just lost me. I didn't understand why they went and did what they did. The, well, the, sec-
1: the, tw- the Twilight Zone? Everything. Yeah, the the,
0: the, right. the further, I think they call it, um, yeah. when they go into the further, um, which to me is a giant black room with some spotlights kind of hung from the fucking ceiling. Echo chamber. And pretty much everyone dressed in panto sort of fucking white makeup, pointing at things that aren't there and talking to no one that's there. So that, that to me, pretty much summed up the further. And um, in this film, I just thought, even... I know what you're saying, formulaic... Is, is probably the right word it does follow the same formula as the first one but it's just the they camped it up to fuck um oh, right. like patrick patrick wilson's character right from the start i mean they even use that to show the kind of distress of him being possessed the makeup on his face is the sort of makeup you would see on stage at like the oh. king's theater or something like that uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like it's honestly like a panto that's that's it's like a horror panto and as such i had a lot of fun with it but in them doing that everything that made that first one creepy uh, you know like none of that was none of that was carried over it was enjoyable to sit back and watch you know people once again pointing at things that weren't there you know A rocky horror
1: picture show essentially
0: pretty much pretty much um Mm. but all the all the kind of scary elements completely gone. And it was, it was a, once it, I hate to keep saying these sort of things, has horror elements, not a horror film.
1: Aye. I, I mean, there, there were some really cool bits, like, uh, you know, like the, the idea of the old woman not being like some weird, creepy old witch, but actually, like having a backstory and not being what you expected it to be and everything. No, I thought that was cool. But like, I, I did think that was quite a cool element and, and I did think that it was really cool like when it gets to the end and stuff starts happening, that ties in with the footage from the first movie. I thought that was excellent. I thought that was really cool. And I just wish that I'd actually, because I've only ever seen the first one once.
0: Oh, I watched that again quite
1: recently. So, well, see, that's what I was saying. Like, I kind of wish I had done that just because I think it would have made those moments a bit more impactful rather than sort of like, is this from the first? Oh yeah, that's from the first one. Like, I think if I'd just said sort of like, "Oh shit," that's that's that bit from the first one. I think it would have had a bit more impact. But I mean, it feels to me as if like it was at, the second one was actually written around about the same time as the first one.
0: I thought so as well. And, I, I and thought it just was... kind of
1: waited a wee while to to release it rather than it just being released back to back, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, but it did just you know for for all its its um positive aspects it did just like i said kind of had that sort of like right okay well in the first one mind we had this bit here and then all of a sudden ghosts start appearing in the house and then right okay so we've got that and that bit and then they've got to have the mad seancey bit and so they've got the seancey bit where all the stuff starts coming together and then all of a sudden they're in the the further and you know and that's the last bit and it was like yeah it's kind of the same Mm. really but like i said i did think that the sort of main i don't suppose you really want to say bad guy but you know the main kind of like demon thing or whatever it was and the second one's a hell of a lot better than the first one and i thought that it was cool that it wasn't just like a random oh here's another creepy demon it was like you know well this is the one that you knew a wee bit about in the first one but we weren't focusing on but now this is like but you know what actually like me just talking about that there and now like that fucking reminds me like power rangers or some shit (laughs) Where it's like, you know, there's like, in, in one season they kind of hint at a, a bad guy who comes down and helps the, the bad guys, but the Power Rangers manage to fight him off, and then the next season he becomes the main dude.
0: You're talking like, about the, the, the Green Lord, Ranger.
1: Lord Zed and all that shit. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was alright. Like you said, it was fun, but they just could have done a lot more with it. But, like, see bits when uh, like they open up his, like the, the wee room and all the, like, corpses are sitting in that wee theatre thing. Like that was that, cool. That was cool as fuck. Yeah, and once again, if you introduce any sort of
0: serial killer element into a film, I'm there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tick in, I sign in right there, and I thought that, that idea was really, really cool. But yeah, no, I I reviewed it for Rock and Real reviews, and I gave it two and a half out of five, and I stick by that. Yeah, I, I, I would have nice. gave Insidious two, to be fair, so I liked this one slightly more. Yeah. yeah. But Apart from that, um, I have not seen anything at the cinema since I last spoke to you, actually. I think I'm going this weekend, though. I think I'm going to go and try and catch a couple of films this weekend. But um, the last film I saw was Insidious 2 as well. I have watched quite a few television programmes, though. I watched the series finale of Dexter. What a fucking disappointment that was. Really? Oh, man. Honestly, I was with it. I was rolling with it, I thought, right, I can get behind this, and right up to a minute from the end, I was like, fine, right, if this is how they end it, I'm not going to be ecstatic about it, but I'll go with it, I'll roll with it, I had it, it kind of reminded me in tone, very similar to how um, six feet under finishes, just something about it, you'll get there, Um, but it kind of reminded me of that, and then they did... A sequence at the end for about a minute and it's such a fucking cop out it's really? such a fucking cop out and I could feel myself getting agitated like I've spent eight years watching this fucking program and this this is the grand plan this is the ending that you've had for fucking three years and yeah. someone thought this was cool yeah so really 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 annoyed me but like I say in my mind now I'm going to finish that season one minute before yeah. <laughs> if I ever watch it again, one minute before is when I'm going to stop it, and that's yeah. going to be me. Um, but yeah, I, I caught with that Breaking Bad. Uh, very much looking forward to American Horror Story, which I think on our next episode we'll have a small chat about because there's some uh, there's some teaser trailers out now which are oh, worth watching.
1: Shit. Amazing. Um, so, I still haven't still haven't watched season two yet, but it's uh, it's out on DVD and Blu-ray next month, so oh you're in for a treat oh man i can't wait you
0: are in for a treat i'm gonna shit (laughs) yeah you will you will um but what we'll do is we will cut out just now and we will return with some news stories We're back, and uh, we're going to run through a little uh, new segment that I like to call "News Motherfucker." Do you speak it? And let's let's uh, take a look what's been happening, Graham, in the news. All our stories are supplied this week by um, ShockTillYouDrop.com. Uh, mixing it up with old websites here, Graham. Uh, the first story: Plans for an American take on Andre overdose 2010 Troll Hunter. Have been in the works since 2011.
1: When, I was going to say, have they not
0: already done that? Yeah, yep. Yeah, since, wait, this is pretty funny. Since Christopher Columbus secured the film rights,
2: <laughs> he, must,
0: he must have a time travelling book. <laughs> um, today, Deadline reported that, and this is quite exciting, Graham, Neil Marshall, the man behind The Descent and Doomsday, mm-hmm. will write both, uh, well, sorry, will both write and direct with an early 2014 shoot being targeted. Um, Columbus will produce the film with 19, sorry, 1492s Michael Barathan and Mark Radcliffe and CJ Entertainment. Original producers John M. Jacobson and some Swedish guy whose name I can't pronounce will also be involved.
1: Swedish Dave.
0: <laughs> Swedish Dave. Um, I'm a huge fan of Troll Hunter. I thought it was one of those films that was talking about for a wee while that I hadn't had a chance to see and when I eventually watched it I was like yup this is a fucking awesome found footage film more of this please Scandinavia please give me more
1: that was the exact same like it was like I only saw I think either at the start of this year or the very end of last year Um and uh, like obviously I'd been aware of it and I knew what was going on and everything but um it was actually Tony who showed it to me and I like it was like I knew about it beforehand, and everyone had talked about how good it was and everything. And I was kind of, you know, I was hoping it was going to be good, but I've been disappointed by things before. It's fucking brilliant. It's just there's, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah, totally. I think um, as as films go, that one to me is, you know, like in found footage anyway, that's up there. You know, that's the the top level. And our second story, Magnolia Pictures. Uh, announced that they have acquired the US rights to Grand Piano in advance of its world premiere at Fantastic Fest in Austin. Starring Elijah Wood and John Cusack, the film was directed by some Spanish dude uh, and produced by... Spanish Jim. uh, Yeah, and Spanish Bob and (laughs) Spanish Carlos, although that technically is Spanish, so I've defeated (laughs) the points. Uh, Wood plays Tom Selnick the most talented pianist of his generation, who has stopped performing in public because of his stage fright. Years after a catastrophic performance, he reappears in public for a long-awaited concert in Chicago. In a packed theatre in front of a expected audience, Tom finds a message written on the score. The message says play one wrong note and you die. at no this <laughs> No pressure at all. In the sights of an anonymous sniper, played by Cusack, Tom must get through the most difficult performance of his life and look for help without being detected. Uh, Magnet has planned a twenty fourteen release for the film. Now, I sent you a link to the trailer, and you've watched the trailer. What did you think?
1: Um, it kind of looks like a weird cross between Phantom of the Opera and Phoned With. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I was <laughs> going to say. <laughs> and uh, and how 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 can you do any better than Phantom of the Opera meets Phoned With? I know. And, and I mean, and, I mean, what the fuck? That's 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 just it looks fucking brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's got me sold already because it's got it's got Elijah Wood who is in one of my favorite films this year and John Cusack who I will just go and see anything he puts out on yeah, principle yeah, yeah, yeah. because he was in Gross Point Blank. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, I, 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 look, I mean, obviously the trailers in Spanish, so I wasn't 100% what was going down, but I know, I, I, it's one view, over.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, well, like we said before in a previous podcast, Elijah Wood's, you know, heavily involved in kind of almost helping horror films find their way at the moment. And yeah. that leads us into our next story. This October art exploitation films in association with Elijah Wood's genre-themed production company Spectre Vision and Random Bench will unleash the haunting and mesmerising Toad Road via a limited theatrical release in the States. Uh, The synopsis, the story follows a young college student who befriends a group of hard-partying friends and finds herself drawn into the local legend of Toad Road a pathway in a forest rumoured to contain the seven gates that lead directly to hell. Toad Road displays a disturbing portrait of a contemporary youth culture where the lines between perception and reality are blurred with often frightening results. The film is slated to open in Los Angeles on October 18th and October 25th in New York City. What did you think? This trailer to me is a a bit vague. Mm. Um, like I'd, i'm glad that i read the synopsis there because the the film doesn't give away any of that
1: <laughs> no no it really doesn't um i have a horrible feeling that this could be another yellow brick road
0: well yeah the the yeah yeah i hated i, I can't i can't even begin to much i didn't, stress I didn't, I didn't how make it I, hate.
1: Through, I didn't make it through all the yellow brick roads
0: oh well, i had to i had to I, I was i was at a festival when it was playing and i had to sit through it and it's it's about an hour and a half of my life that I will never ever see again.
1: Yeah.
0: Such a fucking bad film, but I'm I'm kind of hopeful that I mean, the story seems interesting. This it, uh, yeah, seven roads leading to 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 the gates of hell. That to me, I'm like fucking Ching, get me get me involved, get into my eye sockets now. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, like if they can do it well, then then cool. I'm just. I don't know, I mean, like, like obviously the only things that are really sort of tying this and yellow bit Road together are the fact that A, it's found footage, and B, it's, uh, you know, about people sort of trying to find something by going down a road. So, I mean, you know, but I, I could be totally off, but uh, yeah. the, like you said, the tra- the trailer's not really got me very excited, because it just doesn't have
0: anything. Yeah, that's very, it's very, very vague.
1: Aye, some dude gets punched in the face, drops a bottle out a window... And then some buds are like, oh, I just want to take some acid and see what happens. (laughs) All right, cool. Do what you want. (laughs) Right, uh, this last story, I
0: have got, a feel like it ticks a couple of grain boxes here. So, right. Did you know, or sorry, should I start by saying, did you ever see See No Evil?
1: With Kane in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking garbage.
0: (laughs) Did you know that they've actually signed off on a sequel?
1: Really? No, I didn't. Did
0: you know that it started filming today?
1: I did not know that.
0: (laughs) Well, here you go then. Um, (laughs) See No Evil um, has pretty much moved at lightning pace since it was announced that it would take place um, under the watchful and careful hands of the Solskjaer sisters uh, behind American Mary. Yep,
2: that's
1: right. Is this one going going to be called Hear No Evil?
0: (laughs) <laughs> no, this is Ceno Evil 2. Because oh. Hollywood are really, really, really clever when it comes to naming films. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, there's been some casting news announced for this film. Um, the news is that Daniel Harris, All Catherine right. Isabel, Michael Eklund um, will uh, also star alongside Kane, right. uh, Glenn Jacob, I think his real name is, Greyston Holt. Kai Erickson and uh, Celan Simmons. And the film says, the film which sees Kane returning revives the nightmare of the first film when Jacob Goodnight, I forgot what his name was in the film, rises from the dead in a city morgue. It's always in a fucking city morgue. um, After his killing spree at the Blackwell Hotel. In this ominous underground locker for the dead, a group of medical students fight to survive as this deranged psychopath once again starts to pick them apart one by one, so
1: Lions. It's essentially <laughs> how Halloween, two then. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween 2 starts in. Halloween
0: 2. Fucking uh, Friday the 13th 9. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, what, what guys. <laughs> you know, Lionsgate will handle worldwide distribution of Sino Evil 2, while the WWE Studios will lo- utilize its extensive global reach through television, digital, and social media social medias to print assets to market the film. Are you excited about this, Graham?
1: Not in the slightest. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm just not. Like The first one, I kind of watched out a novelty. Um, just like, you know, all right, cool, I'll see what happens when Kane, that <laughs> big sexy ball breaker, as you called him, is um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of running about with a mad hook and see what happens. And it wasn't as watered down as I thought it was going to be. It's actually quite gory for. Yeah, if memory serves, I think it was actually an eighteen. Yes, it was. Yeah, and it was pretty full on and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, okay, you know, fair enough. But did it do anything to really generate any excitement? Nah, not really. It was a generic slasher movie. This one sounds like, you know, like I don't, I don't really know why they're doing it. They're not even really cashing in on it because it's like it's been a long time since the first one was released in '96 so you know no, what like, it wasn't in 96 sorry 2006 uh,
0: 96 before <laughs> kane even appeared in the wwe <laughs> yeah. two years before sorry one <laughs> year one year before he appeared in there he was a slasher character I, and, uh, then... <laughs> um,
1: so i mean you know like that uh, it just seems a bit weird like they're not really cashing in on any great momentum it's not like it's got this huge following because everyone's just kind of like eh. It was, yeah, it just seems a bit odd, and I know that this one's just going to be another generic slasher. So, am I excited about it? Not really. Will I see it? Probably. <laughs> um, <but> Agreed. <laughs> aye, but we'll we'll see what happens. I guess I've been I've been wrong before, not very often, but it has happened. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens with this.
0: And that concludes our news, and we will be right back after this trailer to review the house. of... Of the devil.
2: I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. About the deposit, I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first month's down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh, it's gonna work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account and a check to write on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi. I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my dorm.
1: The big eclipse is now well underway. I feel a little weird
2: just dropping you out here it's in the middle of wherever we are. You have to forgive me, Samantha, because I've not been completely honest. We're from the desert, you know. You see, we... We actually don't have a child. They lied to you. I know. Okay, I know you're right. But it's four hundred dollars. This equals first month's rent and then some, and all I have to do is sit inside and watch TV. This is huge. This one night changes everything for me. Are you not the (laughs) babysitter?
0: And that was the trailer for The House of the Devil. Now, let me give you some information before we get right in about it. So, The House of the Devil came out in 2009. It was written and directed by Ty West. The film starred Jocelyn Donahue as Samantha, Tom Noonan as Mr Ullman, Mary Warnov as Mrs Ullman, Greta Gerwig as Megan, A.J. Bowen as Victor Ullman and Dee Wallace as the landlady. Um, The synopsis of the film is, in the 1980s, college student Samantha Hughes takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. Slowly, she realises her clients harbour a terrifying secret. They plan to use her in a satanic ritual. So that that, uh, pretty much spoils the film. (laughs) That's not a synopsis.
1: That's a fucking (laughs) plot. Here's synopsis. Here's the twist. <laughs> uh, well, but, I mean, yeah. like, like, in, in fairness, I mean, anything you've taken a babysitting job, have you not had to try and escape from being used in a satanic ritual? It's part of the territory, man. It is. I, like, I mean,
0: it's in the handbook. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, you had not seen this film when we last spoke, yeah. Um, and uh, this all came up because you thoroughly enjoyed the innkeepers, mm. which is the film that Ty West made after this, yeah. And, well, as soon as you told me you hadn't seen it, I was like, we need to review this. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I will give you first crack at this. So, what did you think?
1: Right. <laughs> I did like it, right? But I think I've watched his movies in the wrong order. Right. Because I fucking loved the innkeepers and in it. Like, gave me goosebumps. It had me, like, you know frozen to my seat I was absolutely absolutely like engrossed with it like I was just I was in the movie and I was fucking terrified I kind of expected the same thing from House of the Devil and I know they're totally different types of film but it just didn't grab me the same way that said like, like I mentioned it, it is a totally different type of film yeah Um, and so I did really enjoy it but I think had I not known that Ty West had been involved in The Innkeepers or something like that, I probably would have enjoyed it more because I think I was just kind of expecting it to be as good as The Innkeepers. which personally, I don't think it is. Um, but you know, you know, like we, we've spoken in the past, obviously about how much I love stuff that's you know all about like mad satanic shit and. Um, yeah. You know how much I love all the kind of crazy conspiracy theory stuff, and how much I really loved the first two thirds of uh, Lords of Salem. And when I told you about Lords of Salem, you I remember you specifically saying it's essentially Rob Zombie's take on House of the Devil. Yeah. And um, and it is. Yeah, I I totally see where you're coming from and, with that, and I think there was a lot of really good, um, yeah, there, there was. But it did certainly, Lord of Salem kind of tries to to sort of reference and tries to kind of recapture a lot of those kind of late 70s, early 80s style of movies, whereas House of the Devil doesn't really seem as if it's trying. It just, you know, looks like it. Like, I had to properly convince my mate when we were watching it that it wasn't made in the 70s. Yeah,
0: I had the same thing with um, with my wife the the first time that we watched it. She said to me, "I've to worry about maybe ten, fifteen minutes in," and she's like that. I thought you said this film just came out, and I was like, "It did just come out." And she's yeah. like, "No, no, look at it. It all old and stuff." And I'm like, "Yes, because it's set in the. This is not like this is not a horror film set in the '80s, but clearly, clearly yeah. filmed in 2000. You yeah. know, this is a horror film that's set late '70s, early '80s." And it looks like it, everything about it, the whole field, the soundtrack, everything. Yeah. And it doesn't look deliberately distressed like, say, for example, the Grindhouse films, uh, yeah. where they've deliberately distressed it. It just looks authentically like it happened in the, the 80s, which I appreciate straight away, because as soon as you see that come up at the beginning, you're like, right, I'm in it, straight away, everything, haircuts, style, clothes, well, yeah, soundtrack, yeah, yeah. the fucking works. It's yeah. 1980, roll with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think I think that's probably actually the single most impressive thing about the movie and that's not to try and take away from the script or, you know, any of the scares or anything like that. It's just, you know, to get everyone on board, everyone involved on, on the same page to make something so that it doesn't look retro. It just looks as if it was from that time. I mean, that's, that's a fucking huge achievement. Yeah. Um, but no I, I i did really like it um it was i felt it was kind of predictable you know like spoiler alerts guys but like that bit at the end when she says you know oh and your baby's fine i was like ah, oh, come on like <laughs> you know how many fucking movies have done that um but you know the 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 moments like like the, the the husband and wife like are genuinely fucking creepy.
0: Yeah, Tom yeah. Nennens plays that role fucking that's that almost as a role designed for him. He l- yeah. already looks pretty fucking creepy as is but when he starts when he starts spouting off some of the stuff, you're just like, this is Yeah. Quite
1: unset- uh, quite unsettling. Yeah, definitely. And like when when she finds the photos and all that type of stuff and she realizes that the the car that they that they drove away in is actually the car of this missing family and all that type of stuff. Like yeah, you know there there are a lot of good creepy moments in it. Um, it did make me want a pizza watching <laughs> it, but, uh, a pepperoni pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, no, I, like like I said, I, I it's not really a, a a criticism of the film itself as much as it's more just I I. I, I wish I'd watched it before I watched The Innkeepers. Right, right. I think I would have enjoyed it more.
0: Yeah, well, I, I obviously did watch it before I watched The Innkeepers. Yeah. Um, I love this film. I, I, I kind of I think you probably got that before I even opened my mouth. <laughs> uh, I am a huge fucking fan of this film. When I first saw it, it would have been. Maybe 2010, possibly, Um, and I was uh, I was advised to check out by I can't even remember someone someone told me Oh, you're into horror? I got this film and it was shit. (laughs) Uh, It's all about devils and demon babies and stuff like that. And I was Uh, like, I was like, aye, that's me sorted. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I had to track it down and. I may have got a copy from an unreliable source, yeah. uh, and I sat down to watch it. And from the, from the start to the finish, I was just completely enthralled in this. I had not a fucking clue where it was going. Um, the The story, which was well, the synopsis gave away the whole plot, really. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I, this is another, this is another one of Ty West's apparent slow burns. Um, where you get something, you get a story and it slowly creeps up the sinister level as it goes all, goes along um, right from the start where she receives a phone call and yeah. um, just randomly, you know, she phones her number, puts it down, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, very, that, very, very creepy. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, I would never have taken the job at that point, but uh, <laughs> traveling, traveling right through the, the, you know, when she's at the house and things aren't going quite right. Our friend drives away, our friend gets stopped by AJ Bowen, which, yep, yep. once again, I, I keep every film I've seen AJ Bowen in, he's the fucking baddie. That's why <laughs> I never, I never bought him in You're Next. Yeah, <laughs> you're the baddie Mister AJ Bone. <laughs> um, so, you know, and obviously never accept
1: a pizza off AJ Bone.
0: Never accept a pizza off AJ Bone. Uh, that that's the moral of the story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you say, I think the acting's of uh, uh, you know a high standard. I think Tom Dunan and that that woman that plays his wife, that Mary yeah. Of, yeah she looks creepy as fuck.
1: I definitely.
0: What I liked about this is just the the, the kind of subtle things um, in the film, like, I I mean, the film kind of runs along and they could have done the whole satanic thing without actually introducing some sort of demon, Mm. which they do in this film, and the makeup's actually really fucking good. Uh, Is it? Yeah. This makeup in this film totally bosses fucking uh, Lords of Salem makeup. Aye. It's easily better than Crab Baby. Oh, fuck. You, what, you know what is I mean? that thing man <laughs> what is that fucking thing but the, the makeup kind of reminded me a little bit of kind of pan's labyrinth
2: that. I mean,
0: yeah the kind of creature it looked like an authentic didn't look like obviously we know it's a man it's not a real demon but um uh. it just it, cool as fuck um i mean the story is like, like you say it is predictable you know when things when she starts fighting back, you kind of know where it's going. Right. And the sequence at the hospital at the All end, right. which we've declared as being a bit of a spoiler, but um, that that plays it exactly like I thought it was going to play out. And it finishes, in my eyes, in the right tone for a film that's paying homage to the films of the late 70s, early 80s, about kind of satanic cults and stuff. It plays true to that. So, I mean, yeah. from, from my point of view, you know... Um, Ty West isn't necessarily reinventing the wheel. All he's doing is giving it a quick spruce up. He's cleaning it up and he's introduced... I mean, if you watch this film... I mean, the first thing I wanted to do when I finished watching this film was watch The Omen and straight away watch Rosemary's Baby. And I think that's obviously... Those are main influences for him coming into that. It shines through the film. I think he's done it tastefully and respectfully. Mm. Um, Funnily enough, I actually prefer this film to... Um, the innkeepers, nah. Which is in reverse of what you, in reverse of what you say, um,
1: nah. Nah, just that, that's that's <laughs> interesting. That's, Sorry
0: mate. <laughs> as much as I and I do love the innkeepers, I mean, I gave it a four. Um, this film to me just edges it. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, uh, because I watched it in a particular order. I just prefer this film. I think uh, it's. I'd, it's one of these ones that I like. If, like we said on the previous uh, on podcast number two with Innkeepers, we said if you did a list of kind of haunted house or ghost story films that people had to watch, then Innkeepers is on that list near the top. Mm. I would throw out that if you were watching any sort of kind of um, satanic baby, satanic cult sort of films, I put House of the Devil near the top as well what? as a modern example of a film that covers those those kind of tropes. Yeah. but does it in a respectful and well-shot manner.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like See, the, the the scene that really got me that I thought was really clever was when she's about to go into that room and like it's when, when all the mad stuff's happening and everything, she's carrying the knife about and all that. Yes. And she's about to go into that room and just before she opens the door, the camera pans through to show you what's in that room and it's like that all the dead folk and like the big painted pentagram and blood and all that type of stuff. But just yeah. as she's about to go through, the doorbell rings, so she doesn't see it. So we've all seen what's going on in there. Gosh, right. yeah. And that for me, it's not you know a particularly complicated thing. You know, it's it, it, there's there's examples in all sorts of movies where um, you see something that the main character doesn't or anything that. But I just thought at that. Precise moment in that film for Ty West to just give give us just a tiny wee bit of a glimpse of what's actually going on because you know roughly what's going on but that just kind of it doesn't give everything away but it just kind of cements in your head the idea that you know like it's it's definitely not right and that she is being used in some you know crazy like. Cat and mouse game that she's sort of aware of, or she's just becoming aware of, but um, she's not a hundred percent set on it. And it's not it's by no means the only film that gives the viewer slightly more information than the character. But from that point on, you're just you're just one step ahead of the character because you don't know fully what's going on, but you know just slightly more than what she does. And um, I think I think that's a nice balance—the fact that you don't you don't know fully what's going on, but you know more than she does. I think actually is one of the things that this film's got got right that not a lot of other films do. Um, yeah, and it also heavy made me want a pizza.
0: <laughs> I think the the thing like, like you were saying um, when we were talking about the innkeepers, is Ty West has this ability to. In his films, do things which are kind of common or almost kind of cliched uh, tropes. Yeah. But somehow he manages to make them relevant, intimidating, and or scary. Yeah. Just the way he does it, and I, I think he's a. I think he's a incredibly clever filmmaker. Mm. Um. And this is this is why I was saying before he gets a lot of kind of acclaim. Uh, kind of thrust at his at his door that he is the one of the the new wave kind of future horror directors and I think I mean you take this film and the innkeepers I think the the acc- the acclaim or accolades that are flung upon him are are completely justified I mean Definitely. very few filmers uh, filmmakers do a back to back like that yeah. Um, and I mean there's there's essentially two years between this and The Innkeepers um, and that to me, I'm just like yep, that's I, I love that, that'll do me very fine
2: mm. uh,
0: so uh, before we, we jump on to do some gradings is there anything else that you want to say about this film?
1: Um, I I'd, would highly recommend it, I really would um, if you are into you know uh, the idea of um, sort of um, like demonology and um, just fucking weird folk in a big, massive, scary house. Uh, this movie will pretty much tick every box. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: And let's be honest, who doesn't love that stuff? So, uh, <laughs> so, much. so, so check it out, definitely. Um, I, I didn't mean for it to sound like I was. Sort of, you know, saying I didn't enjoy it. Just like I said at the start, um, I think I was unfairly comparing it to another movie that is completely dissimilar to, um, yeah. just because it's the same, same director. But uh, I, I would, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's, it would definitely make, like you were saying, it would definitely make any shortlist. Uh, oh yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's one of the uh, in the last. In the last five years which it technically still qualifies as um as one of the more interesting kind of horror films that's come out Definitely. um right uh, our grading system follows the netflix rating style of one equals hate it two equals didn't like it three equals likes it four equals really liked it and five equals loved it what is your score for this film graham
1: well you know i'm gonna go with
0: three and a half a three and a half i am going to go with a 4.5 on this film I think um, it's pretty much, in my eyes, uh, it's almost perfect. A few things kind of mark it down. I think we've already talked about it. Certain tropes, which, you know, uh, maybe Ty West could have pushed out a wee bit more, uh, been slightly more inventive, but I think in terms of paying homage to, to the films that he clearly nods to in this film, he mm. does it well. Yeah. So, with that in mind, we are going to take a quick break here. You're going to hear the trailer for our... Uh, Feature review, which is the fourth in our Child's Play retrospective, and uh, this one could get messy, this one is (laughs) Bride of Chucky.
2: Lucky Barbie, eat your
0: heart out. And that was the trailer for Bride of Chucky. Now let's give you some information on this film. Uh, it was released in 1998, which is about six, seven years after Child's Play Two. Um, the film starred Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany, Brad Dourif as Chucky, Catherine Heigl as Jade, Alexis Arquette as Damien. Um, Gordon Michael Wolvett as David, John Ritter as Chief Warren Kincaid, Lauren Stane as Lieutenant Preston. Um, the film's synopsis is, Chucky, the doll possessed by a serial killer, discovers the discovers the perfect mate to kill and revive into the body of another doll. The film was directed by Ronnie Yu, uh, who is most famously known as the man behind
1: Freddie vs Jason. There's... There, there if that's not a fucking warning flag, what is?
0: Well, if I remember rightly, um, he was given the job uh, of directing Freddy vs. Jason off the back of the work he had done in Bride of Chucky, which just kind of blows my mind. Um, obviously in this part of the franchise what they're trying to do is expand out with the mythology so they're taking some inspiration from universal horror classics so you've got frankenstein you've got the bride of frankenstein you've got Chelsea play three and in this one you've got the bride of chucky
1: and that's that's also subtly um you know hinted at when in the movie when she's fucking watching bride of frankenstein she, uh, <laughs> is that, you're, sitting, you're you're doing that it's like Oh, now I get
0: it. <laughs> I don't, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about things that I quite liked about this film before I pummel the shit out of it, right? Because <laughs> uh, essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this film, I'm going to tie it to a post, and I'm going to use it as a fucking punching bag, right? But first, let, let, let me just talk about a couple of the things that I thought were pretty cool, right? The first thing that I quite liked about the film is, at the start, you have a police officer who is walking through an evidence room And there's a bit of meta-horror in this this evidence room, which I totally dig.
1: Again, Uh, it's not very subtle, though, is it? Well, a hockey mask and a machete. A hockey mask, a chainsaw, and then it's not even like, you know, like, the hockey mask, all right, okay, everyone knows that's Jason, but, you know, like, all right, it could just be a hockey mask. The chainsaw, all right, everyone knows that's Leatherface, but it could just be a chainsaw. The Michael Myers mask? There's nothing else that can be, that just is Michael
0: Myers mask. <laughs> so, so basically what they're doing is they're, they're saying that this is where all the dead supernatural serial killers end up in this evidence yeah. locker and this guy's walking through it and he you know he steals Chucky's mangled remains from the previous one and he takes them out to uh, Jennifer Tilly's character Tiffany who is apparently a previous girlfriend so um, she uses. This is what I'm saying about small things that I thought were quite funny. Uh, Voodoo for Dummies, <laughs> the book. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That got a laugh at me. I thought yeah, that was. Yeah. I thought that no, was I, quite I, funny.
1: You know what? Right. So sorry. I know I'm interrupting here, but you know what? See, up until they actually leave and go on their journey. Yes. I was alright with it. I was, I was, yeah, I can see I think, what you're saying. I think the fact that it's not Child's Play 4, but it's Bride of Chucky, I think makes a big difference. Yes. If it was Child's Play 4, you'd be sitting watching this thinking, what the fuck is this? But the fact that they've changed the name to, to Bride of Chucky, kind of, yes, it's still part of the same franchise, but it's not, it is a direct sequel, but because it's a kind of different thing, the and the same way that Army of Darkness is not Evil Dead Three. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. Army of Darkness. It's technically part of the same series, but it's kind of its own thing. It's so different from the rest of them that they've just given it a different name. Yes. And I think that that makes sense for Bride of Chucky because, you know, like you were saying, first Child's Play movie is like creepy, and the second one is like fucking <laughs> aggressive. And I think you just shot yourself there. I cough. Um, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> Uh, and then the third one is kind of, uh, for me, loses its way slightly, but it's still very much a part of that child's play um, vibe. Um, this one, you know, like, looks and feels like your, you know, um, Valentine or your I Know What You Did Last Summer or, you know, th- those kind of, like, late 90s, you um, sort of revamped slasher movies like it looks and it feels like them it's very slick and you know the soundtrack soundtrack's amazing
0: yep the Rob uh, Zombie kicks right in with the uh, living dead girl and I'm like yep done there's, happy
1: there's uh, I think there's three Rob Zombie songs in it and then there's Thundercast by White Zombie as well yeah. and there's a uh, monster magnet tune at some point and there's something else I remember thinking yeah this is a fucking amazing soundtrack Um, but it's very very typical of those kind of you know, late ninety, early thousands, um, like sort of slasher movies. Uh, you know, you 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 you're only two years away from planets collide by Power Man Five Thousand being on every fucking movie soundtrack. <laughs> but um, you know, like so so it's if you watch it as one of those movies, I think up until the point where they actually leave on their journey, it's all right. It's not great. It's you know I'm not sitting there getting scared or thinking the acting's particularly amazing or anything like that. It's a you know relatively well budgeted kind of teen horror movie. Fair enough. When they actually when she becomes a doll as well and they start leaving on the the journey and it it just becomes a fucking mess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of pretty much of the same opinion i i I could go with it i thought you know there's humor in it but then the last film had humor in it um i i i could see certain things that i thought were pretty cool chucky coming back chucky you know essentially comes back and then finds a woman who's just as bad if not fucking worse than he is you know with a voice that goes through me like Yeah, 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 yeah like fucking laxatives um She's about amazing rack, absolutely amazing rack. <laughs> Horrible fucking voice, Um but yeah, I think that the, as soon as, like you say, as soon as they become, as soon as they both become dolls, and then they decide to go on this sort of kind of fucking killing spree on the road, I'm like, fuck this. You know, what I mean, straight away, I'm like, no, can't be doing with this. It's it's Chucky, too too Chucky
1: fucking works. cheesy. Aye, Chucky works because he's a doll and the rest of the people are actors. Yes. As soon as you start having the two main characters as the dolls, it just... for, nah, it just didn't work at the all.
0: The thing is, yeah, Chucky's menacing enough. That's the whole point. He is a serial killer who is now in a doll. That in itself is pretty fucking freaky. But now apparently anyone can become a doll. You, if you've got yeah, voodoo, yeah, yeah. if you've got voodoo for dummies, you don't yeah. fucking, you don't you don't need voodoo priests anymore because it's written in a book. Anyone can become a doll. Um,
1: See the, that bit when the when it's in, like, the honeymoon bit as well, and she fucking, she throws the glass bottle up and it smashes that mirror. Yes. And, and the CG is fucking terrible. Oh, totally does not it's hold like, up. No, not at all, man. It's about as good as the effects from Space Jam. It's like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. What is this? And that sex scene is embarrassing. Yeah. But that's, once again, what the, what the f- Why the fuck are we getting I mean, this? I not and I, don't, I Again, like like you said, I don't want to jump ahead because obviously we're going to do Cedar Chucky afterwards. But it's like it's the same as when Chucky's fucking wanking off and and uh, Cedar yeah. Chucky. It's just embarrassing. Like, it's not funny. It's it totally destroys any sort of integrity that the character's got. It's just embarrassing. It's just like no. What are you doing? It's. Uh, I, I remember. Uh, I can't remember which film it was we were talking about, but I remember a, a few weeks ago on one of the earlier podcasts I was saying that. At some point down the line, someone has surely had to watch this film and thought this is a bad idea. Yeah, you know, like someone involved in the creative process at some point has had to go, "This is shit." But like, they just seem to. If someone has noticed that, they've just not fucking told anyone. It's like you, you know. Seriously, guys, is this the best you could do? And all right, fair enough. I've never made a horror movie. So, you know what? It's better than anything I've ever done. But this is by the same people who did *Chills Play 1 and 2. Genuinely fucking classic, you know, scary, angry, you know, fucking iconic horror. Yeah. What is this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I totally know where you're coming from. The the abandonment of, like you said, that they're no longer using the child's play moniker so they can get rid of the Andy Barclay character. He now no longer means anything. But certain things from the the previous film, they just completely fucking disregard. So Chucky, in the previous film, tried to take take the soul or body of the young black kid because he identified himself to this. He doesn't need to do that in this film because all of a sudden there's an amulet. There's this amulet, yeah. which has apparently always fucking existed. Yeah. Which Chucky's never given a fuck about before. You know, all you need is this amulet to transfer into anyone that you want, right? That's all you need is an amulet. Why the fuck was he not using this in previous films? It's such yeah, a fucking, yeah. it's such a boot in the balls, man. Honestly, it's like a, a full-on fucking running punt and <laughs> the fucking gonads. Of of anyone that gives a fuck about the Child's play franchise, it's yeah. it, it's basically saying you know we couldn't be bothered bringing back a character again. So what we'll do is we'll just start from fresh with uh, a relationship with a, a, what would have been a questionably young girl um, yeah. who was apparently always in love with him, but this is the first time we're fucking hearing of it. Um, with a apparently we're not concerned about how long he is a doll now. We don't yeah, need to yeah, worry yeah. about that because he's got this amulet. Yeah. So all the fucking rage he had in all the previous films was nonsensical because we've got an yeah. amulet. so yeah
1: I mean, like, I, there's, there's that, there's that bit when uh, at the very end when he says, you know, you can kill me if you want, but I always come back. Yes. And it's just like, you know, I know that that's a kind of self-referential, like sort of in joke, but it's just like, but by putting that in there, you're actually Came, I, to me that felt a bit disrespectful to the towards the characters you know like it was essentially just the filmmakers way of sort of saying we can just keep doing this as long as we fucking want mm-hmm. um, you know and like Bride of Chucky did feel as if it was a kind of you know you've got Child's Play like the original one right which built up a, a core audience and then you get Child's Play 2 which clearly the, you know builds on the that first movie and kind of um delivers for that core audience child's play 3 sort of goes with the times a wee bit and and changes from the other ones but it's still part of the same franchise this one did just kind of seem to be a sort of a case of i don't really give a fuck if you like the first ones like we've got a way of cashing in here and we're and we're just gonna roll with it and they're fucking like totally upfront and in your face about that essentially just saying we're just going to keep making these movies for money and i don't give a fuck if you like them or not because you're an idiot and you're going to just keep coming back and watching them and it's like you know it's like fuck off then i'm you know that's that i'm not going to watch the next one and then of course i did
0: <laughs> well you had to really yeah. I'm i'm i actually feel really guilty about about forcing us to do these ones because yeah, so essentially to me, this film, you know, and it leads up to a fucking stupid ending, and you know straight away when you see that ending, well, we're going to be getting another film. Aye,
1: right. and that that was another thing that like, see, at the end of the first one, right? Obviously, the cop comes in, Chucky's alive, and and he's freaking out and everything, and she's like, you know, oh, do you believe me? And and do you believe me now? And he's like, yeah, but who's going to believe me? And then or. That might be actually the other cop that says that. But, you know, yeah, like, there's that sort of, like, you know, all this happened and, and man, I know that it's true, but no one's going to believe us. And then Andy Barclay's mom gets shipped off to a mental institute because they think she's fucking crazy. At the end of this one, the detective guy's just like, you know, oh, no one's going to believe this happened. And then he gets a phone call and he's just like, oh, yeah, they didn't do it. And he's just like, all right, cool.
0: Yeah, I know, I know.
1: It's like, what the fuck? It's, oh." Like, uh... It's like, really it's like you know, bad. have you forgotten what you put in the first movie? Like, you know, you, you are aware that, like, this isn't, a, like, a new franchise. Like, you are aware that this is building on previous movies, aren't you? Because uh-huh. you just seem to have just fucking forgotten everything that you did. I mean, it's...
0: I said to you, I said, right at the start that this was a franchise which which um you know went downhill really fucking fast and i think people listened to what i said and maybe thought that what i meant was first one was excellent sec- second one not so much third one not so much fourth one not so- no that's not what i meant what i basically mean is in the space of me enjoying a film to the next film i go from love to loathe um yeah. And this, this, to me, is everything that made fucking 90s horror so fucking shit, and I can understand why. I mean, I'm surprised that people that grew up in the 90s, like, properly grew up in the 90s, like, I'm talking about, um, like, I, obviously, when I got into horror, because I, I grew up in the 90s as well, but when I got into horror, I got into horror in the 80s, mm. and grew up through the 80s, right? Right. So, people that, that, of that age group, you know, your 10 year olds and that, in the 90s, about 98, that may have perchance come across this film, I can understand, mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand why, why people would be a bit disillusioned, because this is just not fucking,
1: anything remotely horror based. It's not, it's not even, it's not even a fun movie, it's not even like they they sort of said, you know, like, right, okay, let's, uh you know, let's just scrap all the horror stuff and we'll just we'll just go all out and, and we'll just have good fun. It's just like it's not even, you know, like cheesy and funny. It's just fucking cringe worthy. Like a lot of the stuff like like I said, that fucking sexy, like that the film was bad enough, but that fucking ruined it, man. Yeah. And that line, Oh do you have a rubber? Look at me, I'm all rubber oh, Like what the know. fuck, man? That's not that, that that's that's not even funny. It's just like it's like it doesn't make any fucking sense it's just like shut up like f- fuck this i'm going home
0: yeah yeah and once again the it's hollywood's portrayal of what people that like see the the, the goth kid and the, yeah, yeah that get, gets murdered at the, uh, at the start yeah. that's that's hollywood's default fucking anyone that listens to heavy metal looks like that and that so fucking irritates me because it's just a load of shite. You do look like that. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's just that kind of default fucking nonsense. Everything about this film is just unfunny. It's unwatchable. It is just fucking drivel. And as bad as this film is, I can't give it the mark that I want to give it because I need to leave that for the fucking next one. <laughs> so... I've, I mean, I'm, I don't want to give this film any more fucking time, like, from my point of view. Is there anything else you want to say about this film before we fucking grade it?
1: Good soundtrack, that's it. But, I mean, you can get by that by just buying Rob Zombie's first album. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> <laughs> right, so,
0: using the same logic as before uh, with our grading system, I give this film a one. I absolutely hated it. What about yourself, Graham?
1: I'm going to get about one and a half. The only only reason that I'm going with one and a half is because for the first 20 minutes or so, I was willing to roll with it because, you know, like, I like the idea of her being, before you find out that she's, uh, you know, like an ex-girlfriend of his, I like the idea of her being like one of these people who's like so obsessed with serial killers that she's, willing to, you know, go and, and actually hunt down the doll and all that type of stuff. And then when Chucky, and then you find out that she actually used to know Chucky and he comes back and he kills that that mad goth guy and everything like that. I can't, like, I was kind of thinking, you know, it wasn't in any way, like, scary or creepy or anything. But at that point, I was kind of thinking, all right, cool. You know, like, this is one that's all about Chucky and I'm, I'm willing to roll with it. But then that's the thing. It's actually not all about Chucky. It's all about Tiffany, It is. and that's and and it's fucking shit. She's a shit character, and Jennifer Tilly's voice does my head in. I think she's actually quite a good actress.
0: Right? I, I would agree. I think but, she's. I think she's,
1: she can act, but she's just been given a really shit part, and it's like you know. So, that's why I give it one and a half because. I remember texting you, actually, yesterday or whenever it was, I was watching it, I was talking to you about something, and I just kind of mentioned um, watching By the Chucky, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And that was before I got to that point where she gets put <laughs> that in makes, the doll's body. That makes and sense. As, like, I mean, it, it really is from that point on, as soon as she is in the doll's body, the movie goes downhill from there because it becomes a movie about two animatronic dolls and that does not work. Agreed,
0: agreed, 100%, completely 100% agree. So one and a half. One and a half, right. So, I mean, we we are rapidly closing uh, towards the end of this retrospective. We're past the halfway mark. We have two films left to go, one being The Seed of Chucky, which we will discuss on our next episode. And then the episode after that, which will be episode number six, we will uh, finally finish with um, the long-awaited return of Chucky, the Curse of Chucky, which you've already seen, Graham, and it's it's now out in America. And the forums that I follow, it's been it's been it's getting good reviews, man. It's getting really good reviews, so I'm super excited to see it.
1: Yeah, the, the um, again, this is this is kind of jumping slightly forward and things like that, but um, it's. I, I don't want to say too much about it, but I had kind of low expectations for it. But um, I I genuinely enjoyed it. It's, uh, I don't want to go into giving it a full review or anything like that, because obviously we'll get it in a couple of weeks, but it really did um, sort of revive my passion for the, the Child's Play franchise. It almost... Like for the first three quarters of the movie, is almost as if the first lot of movies haven't existed, and then like the last chunk just ties everything together. And again, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, nah, you, you'll you'll love it, man.
0: I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it,
1: but I'm really looking forward to talking about it.
0: It's going to be awesome, and we will have Jamie Jenkins back to join us on that, which will mm. be really, really, really fun. Um. Because I know you miss her Graham. You miss
1: Jamie. (laughs) I'm speaking to her still just not about these movies.
0: (laughs) Right. We will be back after these messages to close out the show. was uh the podcast under the stairs episode number four and uh, the fourth part in our child's play retrospective we reviewed um the house of the devil and bride of chucky how do you think that went grim well, it felt good to get some
1: of that stuff off my chest i'm gonna be honest <laughs> a proper vent
0: uh, i think we all need that every now and again we need to vent about something Man, just wait until the next one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I think, I think uh, the next one is just going to be me saying it's shit, and you going, "No, it's fucking shit." And I'm like, "It's <laughs> a piece of fucking shit." And you're going, "I, I wouldn't even fucking if it was shit." That no, nah, just it's going to be, it's going to be an escalating fucking. It's going to be a snowball, a shit basically. It's going to be on a shit hill. Starts at the top as like a wee nugget, and by the time it reaches the bottom, it's like that fucking boulder from Indiana Jones, <laughs> just fucking rolling over cunts. In fact, you know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like critters. Aye, heavy. Aye. <laughs> critters. It just becomes a big critter ball that just consumes things. That's See what's that going to end bit, up like.
1: That I think it's the second critters movie where it um where it bites the tyre of the van. <laughs> and all the air starts going into and the in plates are fucking gold, man,
0: that's so good, I love I can, I can feel, I can feel possibly somewhere down the line a, a Critters retrospective.
1: Man, Critters just, uh, it, like, Critters, unlike Child's Play, right, the, the more fucking ridiculous Critters gets, the, the better.
0: better. Yeah, the better it gets, totally, I totally agree with that, uh, but we're not here to talk about Critters. Uh, um, <laughs> so um, I'll, we'll, we usually do some shout outs so I'll do a couple of shout outs um, I recently recorded a Rock and Reels podcast which um, which is up online now, episode number 12 where I got to interview uh, Jason from Black Belt Karate which was a lot of fun really really cool guy so everyone should go over and check it out twelve. You... what episode yeah.
1: was I
0: on? episode number six fucking
1: hell man so that's
0: yeah. it 12 weeks ago fuck off yeah yeah that's true story man true story uh you are supposed to be joining us on the next one though i don't know if how your time will work out when's we'll that talk, we'll talk about it off we'll talk about it off. podcast that's really good idea, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so you should all go over and check that out also i recently interviewed odorous arungus from Gua. It's, it's a fucking hilarious interview. It's over on the Rock and Real Reviews website. So you should all go and check it out rockandrealreviews.com.
1: Uh, big shout out. The message that Dave sent me the, earlier on when he sent that email to everyone. Yes. And I replied and he was like, oh, sorry, Greg, I must have sent that to you by accident. Fuck you, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Justified,
0: but fuck you on the same. Dave actually is a uh, he is a active listener of the podcast under the stairs, so he will get oh, that message. Hi, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, big shout out to the guys at Devour the Podcast, uh, David, Jamie, and Bo. Uh, they're currently doing their Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective which has been a lot of fun they're getting to that depressing end of the scale now though I'm afraid I I fear for... See see that bit like
1: (laughs) see that bit when he fucking kills a guy in the video game that's amazing man it's (laughs) such a fucking stupid movie it's a retarded movie but it's it's excellent it's not like Dream Child which is just you know like is Dream Child the one that's got Alice Cooper in it as he's done
0: yes yes yes
1: yes That's cool. But the rest of that movie kinda of feels like someone ironing your face. <laughs> like it's just, it's just it's just no fun. It's just it's not. It's just a horrible experience. Is it
0: is, it, uh, is Dream Child the one way?
1: Dream Warriors is uh, is number three. The Dream Master is four, something like that. Hang on, two seconds. You're just sitting next <laughs> to I need to find make where are you, where are you, where are you? It's the
0: one, it's the one after, it's a, the it's a one after, eh... Uh,
1: right, right. aye, Dream, 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 Dream Warriors is three, Dream Masters is four, Dream Child is five. So yeah, five's the one that, like, you find out that his mob was raped by all the people and, like, Alice Cooper's is his dad or some stupid like that. Fucking pish. Is it? I think so, is it not?
0: No, no, I don't... I don't
1: am, really... I get, am I getting the two of them mixed up? I thought it was, eh... Uh... Four and five are pretty much the same, they're both
0: I can't, there's only one way, to, this is going to annoy me now, I'm going to edit all this <laughs> down, uh,
1: Alice. But, but what oh. I was saying is, is Freddy's Dead is stupid and it's cheesy and it's not scary and that bit when he's like fucking riding about on a broomstick like one of the mad witches at the was the Oz, that shit's amazing man, it's so fucking stupid but it's amazing. He was in number six, Freddy's oh, Dead. So he's in Freddy's Dead, alright. Yes.
0: So, so yeah. there you go. But uh, yeah, so, so they're currently they're currently trolling through that just now, having a lot of fun. The Skeleton Crew just put up a new one. Uh, they did. Uh, I know what you did last summer, retrospective to mark the end of summer.
1: Which really? I didn't. I know do, what I, you did last summer was other. There's only three, is
0: no. There's. I didn't even know there was fucking
1: three. I thought there was two. <laughs> so, I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. I still know what I knew that you used to know. That I, 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 I. I always. I always. I'll
0: always know what you did last summer. Apparently. Oh,
1: shit, that's right. Aye,
0: aye. A fucking <laughs> stupid nonsense.
1: But anyway, yeah. So- <laughs> you know that I know that you knew what I knew that, that you did that summer.
0: <laughs> so, so they put that up. Uh, I've recently been listening to the Terror Dome, which is a, a new podcast. They, they pick a film and just fucking go for it. It's been really, really good. And uh, today I finally got a chance to listen to Banana Laser, They've got the fucking best name for a podcast ever. Um, And they're currently working through Friday the 13th retrospective, but they're doing it in chunks, so they're doing it in errors. So, like, the first four films are an error, the next four, error. You know, that sort of thing. Um, So, you should go and check all those guys out. Um, Also, while you're at it, Gary Hill uh, put out a... A new cinema beef podcast uh, with uh, the lovely Jamie Jenkins, and it was a Exorcist. Uh, well, look at the whole Exorcist franchise as well as the mighty spoof Repossessed. Which love I
1: Repossessed, man! Love
0: Repossessed. Love that film so much. Yeah. In fact, when it finished, I was like, "I need to see Repossessed." And the, the only way I could see it was once again on YouTube. Uh, right. So I recommend everyone goes and everyone goes and checks that out. Repossessed on on YouTube. Solely for the fact that me means Gene Okerland and Jesse the Body Ventura are in that film.
1: That's right, it's amazing, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, plenty of podcasts out there for you all to to check up on of our, our podcast friends. I'm I'm anxious because Gil and Roscoe haven't put out anything in a couple of weeks, and it's it's
1: forget about them, move on.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, this is this is uh, it's been it's been good talking to you, man. Because I've I've not had a chance to speak to you in a wee bit, and. Uh, it obviously uh, our, our next podcast. We're, we're going to be we're going to be talking up some shit, um, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I, I, I needed to start. I needed to have a pre vent before the big vent coming up. Right. Um, but with that in mind, uh, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners?
1: Goodbye until next time,
0: and we will speak to you very soon. Bye everybody. <laughs>